Welcome to Fires of Relationships. In this episode, we'll be discussing evolving relationships. I'm Solyndran Buller, the host of a podcast named Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener. Today's topic, evolving relationships, it's all about relationships that aren't fully formed right from the start. It's a fact that it's inevitable that relationships will go through different developmental stages and situations, such as your job loss or health problems or financial issues and family conflict. So it's natural for change to occur. In this episode, we discuss the many changes of evolving relationships. And hello, everyone. I'm Matilda Tavanian. I'm the host of a podcast called Coffee with Matilda, A Journey to Self. And Selena and I are very excited about today's topic because I believe one of our most valuable human characteristics is the capacity to evolve. Everything changes. Everything on this earth is in continuous state of evolving, refining, improving, adopting, enhancing, changing. So evolving in relationships starts, I believe, with the relationship with ourselves. Ultimately, we are all evolving, whether we are aware of it or not. Then maybe later on we can go talk about factors um, that how evolving can help in our relationships. That's right. And, you know, if you take a look, uh, Matilda, even in friendships, they change over time. And the reason <laughs> they change is because people change over time. We, mo we actually move through different times. We go from being a child, and our role as a child is completely different than when we're actually an adult. And mm -hmm. if then you turn around and you're dating someone, it's different yet again. And then eventually you get married or you become a parent. Of course, all of this requires us, needs us to actually change. And the interesting thing about, you know, change is that after you and your partner, for instance, if you're in a relationship and you know, we're discussing couples, that after you and your uh, partner get, get into a relationship, you continue to grow, you continue to evolve, you continue not only as individuals, but also as a couple. And that's when things get really, really interesting, is that when a couple has to, has to go in there and they have to balance between me as Solyndran, or me as in my husband and wife role. It's completely different. And you have to have a fine balance because if you don't have a balance, you're going to have some huge challenges. Very true, Salindra. Also, I want to mention to our listeners that I think, I mean, we have to look at the uh, evolvement in our personal life, in our, um, like, I, I believe there's two factors that play an important role in our personal development, uh, our sense of self 
and sense of place. Like one gives us a perspective of who we are, while the other one gives us a perspective of how we relate to the world and people around us. And when there are three parts to every relationship, it's you, your partner, and the relationship that the two of you that create together, basically what you bring on table. Uh, or what is your contribution to the uh, to the relationship and that contribution changes because you change throughout the time and um, I think if your partner is not moving parallel with you then the relationship can become limiting to the point of frustration uh, that's where a lot of I think problems start happening in relationships I totally agree. You know, it always does actually, I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing that you truly have control over is yourself. No matter what situation you're in, it's always going to end up with what can I do and what can I, um, what can I, you know, bring to the table that will make this a better situation. And some of the things you know that people have to keep in mind is that the trickiest times in relationships are when you're actually going from one stage of a relationship to the next and and being aware that when you're going through a transition in your relationship because there's always some nothing stays constant everything is always moving and so whenever you're transiting from one particular stage of the relationship to another, you'll notice you automatically have more conflict, you have more arguments, you have more whatever it is that's coming up. And realistically, the key is, how are you going to deal with the change? Because change in the in if you look at any change, never mind relationships, any change is very difficult sometimes. Change is a hard thing for humanity uh, to really, really say, you know what, I'm good with this change. Change means things are going to get turned around, maybe upside down, inside out. And you may not be prepared because you don't know completely what's coming forward. So what can you do um, that instead of trying to change your partner, what can you do to change your relationship for the better, but without changing your partner? Because, you know, let's face it, we're always looking to see, you know, who can we change in order to go ahead and make this huge uh, situation that's uh, arisen in your relationship? How can we make that better? So I think one of the things, you know, I've been married for 36 years. Um, and I don't think the game's changed that much, but... <laughs> 36, Salindra, that's long, bravo! Yeah, 36 years, and you know what? The one thing is, I understand 100%, wholly and completely, that A, I cannot look outside of myself to make any sort of change in order for my relationship to go through any challenging or trying situation. 
I have to try to say to myself, okay, how can I better this situation? How can I better be a better person? How can I be a better partner? Because at the end of the day, the only thing that I ever have control over is me. I don't have control maybe even over the situation. I may only have control over me. So if I can bring my very best self forward, things will change. The other thing is that, don't you find that when people are in situations, Matilda, they focus in on, you know, 10 years ago, you, you know, this happened and that happened. So they're now digging up, you know, the graveyard <laughs> instead of focusing in on what really needs to be looked at, you know? I really believe that, Sandra, but also I want to uh, mention this to you. Um, some people might have a little bit of a more challenge of what you're saying because they haven't done the self-development process and journey. Um, they're not kind of, um, they're not even familiar with their own landscape. They don't even know their personal boundaries. For example, you are very confident in who you are because you've been in this journey of self-discovery for so long and you practiced self-love and self-mastery. And when if a human being hasn't done that and all of a sudden now they're in the relationship and things are changing, it can be very intimidating. It can be very frustrating because they don't have any base to come back or to come uh, to come to, to realization that change is inevitable um, is just what you can do best to kind of make that situation better. Don't you think maybe we can tell our audience that how self-discovery, again, we're coming back to our uh, first episode, self-mastery can help with this kind of situation with your partner. Oh, 100%. And, you know, um, I think there's a lot to be said here, you know, Matilda, whether it's, re whether it's uh, relationships or whether it's anything in life, if you have not been able to take responsibility, mm. you're going to have issues with responsibility. And so if you're in any relationship, be it a, a friend relationship, be it a sibling relationship, be a parent child relationship, be it a, an intimate relationship with a partner, if you have never taken responsibility and you're always walking around with the finger pointed out, who can I blame this thing that I don't like in my life? You're going to have, you're going to have problems. So yes, you have to work on yourself. You have to take responsibility and, and and more than enough times, if you just work on yourself, yes, the thing will resolve. But I think that the key to, if you are in a relationship, if you are in any relationship, just remember, where does your power lie? Your power lies, A, in the present moment, not what happened to you 15 years ago. So don't dig up 15 years ago because that's only going to get someone else upset. Also, the power lies right here with you. Don't look for someone else outside of you to make it so that your life feels better. You have to take that charge. 
because it's your life. It's your responsibility. And that means I don't care if it's, you know, let's face it, Matilda, growing up, didn't your parents or, you know, your caregivers, didn't they teach you to take responsibility for your actions? You do this, this is the consequences, or if this is what you did, this is the reward. Those are little steps in teaching you right from childhood on how that you're going to be groomed in order to understand that you're in the driver's seat, that you are going to have to take responsibility for your life, that if something falls apart to the wayside, you cannot play the blame game. And what happens is that the longer that you're married, and I, you know, I'm, hmm. I'm here to say longer that you're married, um, what you'll find is that as time goes forward, what will happen is that, you know, you have to remember and you have to go back and you have to think that, you know, yeah, people can change only if that they feel that they're, you know, that they're liked, that they're loved, that they're cared for. Like if, if, if you don't accept me for who I am, and all you ever do, Matilda, is criticize and dislike what I do. And you don't even appreciate the meal that I put on your table. And you're not yeah. unable to change. What do you think is going to happen? Eventually, I'm going to dig my heels in and I'm going to say, you know, enough is enough. Because you're not taking responsibility. My needs aren't being met. I like to be appreciated, just like we had that beautiful conversation with the gentleman last week. Yeah. You know, they want to be appreciated just as much as a woman wants to be appreciated, right? You may sure. be a stay-home homemaker. You've been cooking all day, cleaning all day. Maybe you've been watching the kids all day. Or maybe, you know, you're a student. But you do have to be appreciated at some level in some relationships that you're in, because we need that. That's a basic human necessity. We covered that last week in that beautiful episode, right? Exactly, yeah. Also, Sanindran, I've heard so many people that, you know, they find love. Okay, now they're in love and they found love. And at the beginning, everything is beautiful and they do lots of things for each other. And after a while, I think they're in their comfort zone. They think nothing will happen. Then they stop giving um, appreciation or doing things for the other person. And kind of they're neglecting the idea that relationship is work as well. It doesn't matter that, okay, you found love. But because it's evolving, you cannot just sit down and not do anything because your partner is evolving you are evolving and this relationship needs to evolve with you as well. Otherwise it will die. doesn't matter how amazing you guys are together. If you don't put effort to keep it alive, it will die down. The fire will die down. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Everybody needs to be, everybody needs to be acknowledged. Everybody needs, those are basic necessities of life. You need to be loved. You need to be significant. You need to be appreciated. Those are, those are basic necessities. And if you feel like you've been in a marriage for 40 years, or if you've been seeing someone for 
25 years and you feel like, oh, well, you know, where's she going to go or where's he going to go? That's the wrong attitude to have because you have to, th you have to take that opportunity by looking at the situation and reflecting, how would you like to be if you were in that other person's shoes? You know, all change, all change starts with you. It starts with you. You know, do you spend more time questioning your partner's words and actions than you do by ex uh, maybe examining your own? Like how much time do you actually sit there because at the end of the day, we've already established the only person that you ever have control over is yourself. So how much time are you spending by examining your own words and your own actions rather than blaming your partner? Yeah, very true. Also, another thing, Salina, I would want to ask and see how your view is about this. Um, I've seen that, for example, if one of them is evolving, they're getting better job, they're having more success in their, I don't know, career or in their personal lives with other things that they, with their projects that they're doing. The other partner feels, I think it's jealousy that doesn't want the partner to evolve and wants to stop him or her. Um, that's when the, the, the partnership starts having some issues. Uh, I've seen this so many times. I mean, I've seen men um, that, that they were not successful financially. They had this loving wife. And then I don't know what happens that they, they are successful now. They changed their vibe. Or vice versa, women, maybe they didn't have... Um, there were students, both of them, and she got more advanced with her education. And then she kind of um, turns away from that relationship. Um, what do you think that's the reason why couples start having jealousy kind of a thing and not accepting that the person is changing, it's evolving, and let us, let, for example, me to evolve uh, on him or his level as well? Well, that's, that's an interesting question. And I think it's very, very individual. That's for sure. Because you have to look at who are the players in this? Because I can guarantee you if there's any form of jealousy, it stems from the past. So whoever that mm. person is, that is bringing jealousy to the table they really need to go back and question where did it start from? And I guarantee you that they'll find the answers from the moment of conception, <laughs> from the moment of conception up to about age eight, they'll find the answer there because jealousy is not something that you're born with. Jealousy is something that you grow into because your needs have not been met mm. as a child. You know, um, the difference between couples that stay together and the ones who divorce, it really comes down to how they actually handle their arguments. Because let's face it, two people, they're going to have a different perspective. So what's going to happen is, how are you going to manage 
that conflict, the manage the difference of what you see and what you understand. And the ones that are actually in very successful long-term relationships, yes, they know themselves 120%. They take responsibility. And the key also was in that particular relationship that you'll know that they take responsibility for their role in the issue. They change their own behavior rather than looking for the other person to change so that they could feel better. Yeah. Right? It's, it's actually very sad because, I mean, I think it's vital in life to not accept a compromise in any relationship or hold back on evolving yourself because another will not commit to that level of development. And it's kind of sad because if you start um, blocking yourself to blossom, to become, for example, if you're more ambitious, to not have that, those ambitions because if you go to that path, your partner will, um, will be behind and it's not he, he or she cannot catch with you and then you're gonna suffer you're gonna suffocate yourself and it can be a true suffering and people will go to depression because um they don't want to bother or they don't want to upset their partner and they don't become the best version of that of themselves because they know their partner don't have the capacity or they don't have the maybe desire to evolve. So how would someone deal with that, Salinger? Well, it's interesting. You know, I'll give you an example of my mother. Of course, that's a completely different generation, but it gives you an idea of a situation where one tries to hold the other back or one is 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 got some some form of control so mm -hmm. for instance my mother wanted to get her driver's license mm -hmm. and my my father in that generation forbade her basically said no you're not getting a driver's license we only have one car and i'm the driver and wherever you're going to go i'll take you mm -hmm. so my mother had at that very moment to make a decision Am I going to rock the boat? I have these children I'm going to have to look after. The bus service is every 10 minutes and we're one block away from the bus stop. She, being the very wise woman that she was, she decided not to get her driver's license. Mm -hmm. It gets better. She gets older and we're all, you know, on with life. And what happens is that not living for not living to her full potential or her truth right to the very last day as long as she could talk because she, my, my mother crossed over with alzheimer's she said that man never let me get my driver's license because he was such a controlling man wow. you see she carried that she decided something which she really wanted, but she left it because she didn't want to maybe go through the battle of getting it. But she crossed over being bitter and resentful for the fact that my father never let her get that driver's mm. license. 
So who are you to blame, my father or my mother? And my answer to that is they're equally at fault. Yes. She was living within her uh, created internal boundaries of a good wife. She wasn't going to rock the boat. And whereas my father, being a controlling kind of an individual who obviously got it his way, yeah. said, you'll be taken care of. It's okay. You don't need it. And that, but she's the one who didn't live her truth. So she actually denied herself. And Salindran, this is a scenario that it's happening nowadays as well. I have friends that they are educated, that they have good education, but they marry to these rich people. Yes. men and they never continue their career i'm not saying maybe um they don't like their career i don't know but imagine you have all this potential and talents you can never even realize them because you marry someone that pampers your life there's no you're always in your comfortable zone and you never realize certain um elements in you because you never put in that kind of a uh, situation and it's what a waste of unlived life that's right because because their basic needs were met or we will call it because they're married into money yes their needs were met but I'll tell you statistically you ask any dying person any dying person and they've done the study that they went to the wealthiest of wealthy on their deathbeds and asked them the same question. If you were to be given another lifetime, what would you do differently? And you know what their answer was? I would laugh and play more. <laughs> I would do the things that bring happiness and joy and I would go beyond myself. In other words, life isn't just about you. And so those individuals that are pampered, yeah. they're looking at just right now today. They were gifted with maybe a genius mind, amazing grace, a deep wisdom, intellectual understanding beyond the sages that have ever lived. But what good were they? when they weren't able to deliver and share it, you know? Exactly. Also, like, if you look at it, like children and parents' relationship, there are parents that they give everything to their child. And when you look at it, say, okay, this child has everything. At the age of 16, he or she can have the best car available for him. Uh, I don't know, at the age of 20, a nice apartment here and there. But then why are they going to work hard for what is there? I mean, you will never put, you will never try to find your talents. Uh, you will never, you never struggle enough to understand certain qualities in you because everything was there. And it's kind of sad because sometimes you see someone from a very, very poor background. They've tried a lot of things. They lived life. They lived life. They went a lot of ups and downs. And these ups are amazing and downs are amazing because both of them teaches who you are, teaches you about your boundaries. And when you know your boundaries, I think you're more alive because then you take risks. 
you go to you go after to that relationship that you want you go after the job that you want because you have that courage you have that courage yeah well and and no one's clipped your wings because there's too many parents out there they end up clipping the wings these are things that i wanted in my life i was not able to get them so i'm going to make sure you get them even though the child has no desire for that. Yeah. I just actually did a beautiful episode, uh, Matilda. And uh, it was death, birth, and uh, uh, I can't remember the death, birth, and trans transition. Anyways, I, I've just put it up this, uh, this Sunday. Beautiful episode. It was a young man from, uh, he's from, his parents were from Chinese origins. And they immigrated to Australia. You know, you talk about evolving relationships. And he ended up in Australia. And as, as, as a stereotypical, you know, Chinese uh, uh, couple, they wanted the best for their child. They wanted to make sure they went to the best schools, got the best education, got the best job. And they got, and who doesn't want that? So, but he was very, very unhappy. He was an artist. He didn't want yeah. to have all of this school and all of this. He was a natural born genius. He never studied for anything. And it wasn't until he went to college that he actually ended up falling. And when he fell, he, he was a womanizer. He was using drugs and alcohol. He became so depressed to the point where he wanted to go and jump. He just wanted oh, to wow. kill, his life, kill himself because someone prevented his evolution someone prevented sure. that and without the parents realizing because the parents did the best they could they were trying mm -hmm. to they were trying to set him up for this world that we live in and yet that wasn't the world that he wanted to be a part of so he was in a wrestling uh, arm wrestling match and he was drunk he broke his arm he was in an eight and a half hour surgery to repair his arm that was how badly his arm oh. and he had a near-death experience so when when he came around he started to meditate he started to go do yoga he started uh, playing the piano again he started doing all the things he loved and today he uh, immigrated from Australia. He lives actually in, Austra uh, in Hawaii and uh, he has a beautiful daughter and he has his own school for people oh, nice. to learn yoga, meditation, sculpt mm -hmm. their bodies. But his parents wanted him to be that doctor, lawyer in a boardroom and his parents without realizing it had crossed the boundaries and prevented his evolution. Do you think culture is um, a very uh, big component, component in this? I'm coming from Armenian, Iranian culture. And yeah. trust me, uh, the parents are, they kind of, if you give them, give them the permission, they will set your whole life up for you. So, they, so you don't even need to think what to do. They will say, you're going to go to this university, you're going to study this, you're going to do this. It's interesting. And they're doing it from love, so much love. Um, 
I mean, I have Western friends. For them, it's very strange if um if my parents still uh, support me. For them, it's like um, you're very old for that. Or we, our parents didn't support us after eighteen. So the concept is very different. Um, uh, it's very okay for me to go back and live with my parents. Uh, it's not a problem at all. Actually, it's something encouraged. And they can do everything for me, and I can just be happy-go-lucky person. But obviously, in other cultures, that's, not, that's actually not something that you're proud about. Um, but yeah, I think culture has a very interesting influence in this kind of a setting because you never learn your own self you're always you learn about yourself because other people like your parents are dictating and if somebody's aware or alert enough can, can come out of loop otherwise you're going to stay in that loop till you get married and even when you're married the parents tell you what to do what's best when to have a child when to not have it's a very i mean it's a good culture but it can be very weird as well well i don't know how indian cultures are but my culture is like this so same it's the same you know it's the same matilda any of the eastern cultures you'll find a real emphasis on uh you know rearing the kids and then making sure they're set successfully financially and the whole nine yards um and again um you know, you have to understand that the parents can only, you get a driver's license. You don't go to a, you know, you got to go to school. You can go and, you know, pop a kid. No one's going to tell you. How do you learn how to parent? You learn from trial and error and you try to do a better job than what you think your parents did because you were deprived or you didn't get everything the way that you wanted it. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, the East and the West has some incredible, beautiful things that I think that can come together and marry. Yes. I think there is a beauty in being supportive and allowing for, uh, you know, the betterment of the next generation. However, if you really look at, um, if you look at Matilda, what's the job of a parent? The job of a parent is really to get your child to the point where they're, they're taken care of, they're out of ways harm, they know how to read, write, and navigate in this world. And then, of course, you give them unconditional love. You don't clip their wings by putting your limitations. You allow them to grow into responsible, good-hearted citizens of the planet. Allow them that the day that if tomorrow were to come, that your child can stand on their own two feet, they know the difference between right, wrong, and indifferent. That they themselves can step into their big shoes. And you know, for myself, I'm a parent of three beautiful kids and a grandmother of three beautiful grandchildren. 
keep it simple, but remember your life is your life. That child's life is not your life. That child's life was gifted to them, not to you. So don't take them out of the equation and try to tell them what they should do and where they should go. There's limitations on what you can do. Your job as a parent is that you're the angel who's going to guard them, keep them out of the way of harm, to groom them, to reason, to understand, to be a good citizen. And that if tomorrow something came and happened to me, I can go and close my eyes and never worry. Because I know that they will understand what an evolving relationship to Mother mm -hmm. Earth and an evolving, evolving relationship to themselves, what that is. Salindra, now I'm like, oh my God, I, being a parent is a very difficult task. It's gonna <laughs> take a lot of courage that you love someone so much. And then at the same time, you have to be understanding that they need to go through uh, errors in life yes. so they can learn. You yes. cannot protect them all the no. time. No. And you have to let them go and yes. do, their, um, do their thing and learn and evolve and, and become these beautiful human beings that they are maybe meant to be uh, from the beginning. That's but right. that, that needs a lot of courage to let them go, you know? It, it requires a very big heart. It requires yeah. a very, very big heart. Oh my God, Salinger, I don't know now I can be a mother. <laughs> no, you can. You can. You know what? You can. Because, because it's not your hopes and dreams, Matilda. It's that you're going to put in those children. It's their hopes and dreams of, of a better tomorrow. You're not going to push yeah. on them what you think that they're good at. As a parent, you automatically start looking and you start seeing, you know, my child is more artistic than they are studious. You start to look at these things and before you know it, you see what that child is here to do. And, and you know, you really have to, you have to remember that their life, you know, the the biggest thing I think that I've ever, you know, ever done is that, you know, allow for the kids to fall, allow for them to fall because you're still here to help them. You don't want to have it so they don't know how to fall and you've already gone and now they don't know how to get up. Those yeah. are important lessons, you know, those are very, very important lessons and your greatest lessons are the most trying, the most challenging, the most difficult. You'll never forget that lesson. You'll never forget it. Wouldn't you want your children to, wouldn't you want your children to, if they're, if they're making mistakes, wouldn't you want them to make them now while you're here? You'd probably, you probably <laughs> I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> I think uh, I'm just missing my parents. Aww. Now I'm realizing, oh my God, how difficult it is. Like I left home when I was 18, 19 and how difficult it was for them. And I'm the only child to let me go. And um, I mean, I'm very close with them, but still, um, you know, that was, a, as you said, 
you need a very big heart to let your child go and do their own mistakes and show them you're still there for them, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, and Mama John. <laughs> and that's called evolution, my dear. That's called yeah. evolution. And, you know, one of the greatest lessons that my beautiful mother taught me, she said, never be attached to anything. Yeah, I think it's because the natural way to, of <laughs> you do not want to have it so that you become so attached that if something were to happen tomorrow that you lose yourself. Yes. You know? So our children, Matilda, are borrowed. <laughs> They're borrowed for a little while. They are not ours. They are not our things. Our children. Oh are just amazing, amazing, beautiful uh, little people. They're little people. And if you can allow them to evolve the way they're meant to, they will become your greatest teachers. And later they become your angels, your guardians. So it's a beautiful, beautiful circle. Yeah, it's a beautiful evolution. Yeah. I think... the purpose of life is to see that this evolution otherwise what is the purpose of life that's why we evolve from you know we have a uh, we're baby and then we become i don't know we have a very nice body and then then the body changes (laughs) Uh, the metabolism changes now i'm dealing with that um so, you know, everything changes and that's the beauty of it. And even when you see seasons, it's beautiful. There is a, there is a um, very nice essay that Ricky was with Freud. Uh, they are walking and it talks about the evolution. And I think it was spring and um, Ricky was very upset that was saying, oh, now it's spring and these flowers and uh, winter, uh, fall will come and these flowers will die. And it's sad to see this uh, sadness in the nature. And Freud was saying, this is the beauty of life because everything changes all the time. If it was the same, we would never appreciate the youth. We would never appreciate maybe falling in love because we would never appreciate having children and how cute they are when they are babies and how much of a work it is when they grow up. Uh, so everything is beautiful. If we accept and kind of surround, uh, be a surrender um, to this evolution part of life, then I think we can enjoy the max of it. No? That's right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I totally agree with that because every stage and every step is so beautiful. Yes, you do look back and then you start to say, oh, you know, they're growing up. But then so are you, you know. And then just when you think, okay, I've done my job, I've raised the kids, I've done this, I've done that. Then you have other things that you tend to, you know. It's just a beautiful cycle of life, a beautiful uh, evolution. And how perfectly nature has orchestrated this magnificent planet you know um so i think we've come to the end here and i think that uh, our listeners do understand that uh, change is inevitable 
and it's beautiful and embrace and, the change yes and it starts with you and it ends with you, <laughs> with you. <laughs> that's right that's right so i'm Celindrin buller i'm the host of uplifting humans where we honor empower educate and inspire the listener and I'm Matilda Tavanian, host of Copy with Matilda, A Journey to Self, that we try to learn about ourselves, self-discovery, and um, connect with other human beings. 